When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Middle call! Hey, be, hey! Ooh-wee! Recording the start of this show on Sunday night. People miss the echo, guys. People miss the echo. I know. I got to bring it back. I got to get an edit in. The problem with the echo, there's little issue with the echo. We got to get, we'll get the echo back. We'll get, get the echo back, John. I don't know why people are so bothered. I don't care. (laughs) I like people having takes, John, on the Echo. Yeah, that, to me, what I find enjoyable is the takes. I honestly, I think it's fine now, but if people... You know what I appreciate? Sunday night, in like, within the course of 20 minutes, two tweets. One, uh, um, Andy Liu tweeted, one beer left in the fridge. Someone tagged him. Time to get drizzly at Haberman and Middlecoff. <laughs> David Lombardi's like, I need a bed. Someone hits him back. On a sleep number, ask Haberman and Middlecoff. <laughs> so we appreciate everybody out there. Gets a percentage, I guess, of uh, all your sales. <laughs> yeah, you want a drink? You need to sleep? I'm, we got you covered. <laughs> I mean, Kyle Shanahan, the video that Crocky tweeted out. Yeah. Cocktail down, right? Cocktail. That was cocktail down <laughs> as he, he must have just gotten it. I delivered or maybe he was just coming back from halftime maybe and he came well i mean that was that was like mid third late third quarter yeah well that's about when people come back from halftime at the chase center that's why bill belichick likes to take the ball on the road to start the second half (laughs) yeah very very true and we know kyle likes his cocktails so uh we don't i said tito's and soda and someone's like word is kyle likes uh rbv i was like rbv red bull vodka yeah i red bull vodka you think seven at night with practice tomorrow is he going to cancel practice tomorrow? Uh, Monday. No. I mean, I think that's in two Push weeks. Push it back. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, uh, I I'm trying to look what, who he was there with. I couldn't quite tell. The angle. Yeah, the angle. Was Tickets are expensive, so you might just be next to a, you know, who knows who <clears> you're next to. Well, don't you feel that the Warriors gave him that? Because he's right behind the Warriors bench. Could be. You think he's well, telling Kerr? Steve, run the ball. Well, <laughs> Kawakami told me that Bob Myers and John Lynch are really good buddies. Mm. And clearly the Warriors talking to some people at Niner practice have a little deal, like get them tickets. You know, they want those guys at the game. Yeah, yeah. Even though I was thinking this watching the game tonight, if we would have spent the 30 grand on courtside, the courtside people do not get much TV love. I, I haven't really noticed them through the first two games at Oracle. I saw Vivek and his Chase. daughter sitting behind the Celtics bench. Maybe that's the spot is like next to yeah. the bench behind the bench. Yeah, behind the he bench. Teaching gets her. She's like, I think we should offer GP2. You know the Max and Vivek's like good idea. That was Vivek's daughter. I I think so. Yeah, the assistant I, GM. Well, I guess mean. I shouldn't assume, but yeah, well, you, you mean uh, D, D Podesta? D Podesta. <clears throat> uh, John, let's tell the people about our friends at uh, Manscaped before we dive in. Manscaped. Dot com. Dot com. Promo code ham. I was for, I, for a second. I got caught up. Was it a slash or a promo? It's a promo code ham, John, for twenty percent off. It's a promo code ham guy, and here's the thing. You and I have been using their products for a long, long time. The Lawnmower 4.0, the uh, the oh, Weed Eater. It's incredible for the weed nose whacker. hairs. Weed Whacker. You I never want the nose hairs. I, I've used it recently as well. I, I used the, I had to wash off my uh, my Lawnmower 4.0 because I, I wanted to trim it on my face. It's incredible there, too, because, you know, it's, it's dual purpose. You know? <laughs> but, your hair's your hair. That, you know, what you, you can argue, do it. You really need to wash it. It's all just part of your body. But, you know, yeah. want to be sanitary. Uh, you never know. The boxers. Do you, did they send you a bunch of boxers? I've been wearing the boxers oh, yeah. constantly. I, the boxers fit me great. I well, love the coloring seen, on the boxers. The plat- What color did you get? 
I, I feel like I got multiple pairs, a yellow one. I don't know. I mean, I love a, a black one. Great quality. And right now, you can get all this and more with the Platinum Package, where you get the Lawnmower 4.0, you get the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, you get the Ultra Premium Body Wash, the Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, the Ultra Premium Deodorant, the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, mm-hmm. the Crop Reviser mm-hmm. uh, Spray Toner, the Anti-Chafing Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag to hold all your goods while you're traveling. It's all in the Platinum Package 4.0. Ooh. That's right. Cue the dramatic music. Right now, go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code HAM for 20% off and free shipping. Yep. Free shipping, guy. 20% off. It's time you enjoy the finer things in life and get yourself the platinum package for your platinum package. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! You know, Celtics Warriors been really good games three quarters, and then things change. Although oh, Warriors started to pull away in the third. Uh, really entertaining game. Steph was very good. Uh, Clay was not, but didn't matter. Warriors have even the ser- uh, series of one apiece. Yeah, I mean, to me, the highlight of the game was the execution on that last play of the third quarter when Jordan Poole hit that. You knew it was official. Like, to me, I felt like the game was officially over then. Yeah. Early on, though, not going to lie. It felt like, you know, the Warriors overmatched. They looked old. They looked sluggish. The Celtics have all these, like, long, young bodies. But, you know, final score, 107-88. It is a little concerning early on. I saw a lot of people shitting on Draymond. Like, he's so close to the edge. He's going crazy. And listen, he was, it felt like, was very close to the edge. I do wonder if he realized early on, and he's talked about this. I don't know if you know he has a podcast. Uh (laughs) Somebody photoshopped. That he did a halftime game two live show. They like like react from already up. <laughs> Is that I, I he's talked about this and I, I don't think you know I don't think he's bullshitting. He it's on him to be like the the heart and soul of the team, get him going. And early on, it felt like God are the Celtics just better. It was almost like he sniffed out. They're like I might need to push some buttons here, and just naturally when he's doing that, he's going to get close to the edge. But I think it's because it was like a fight or flight mechanism where he realized, holy shit. Because early on, it felt like Jalen Green or Jalen Brown looks like Larry Bird. Tatum's not even hitting shots, but you know he's their best player. They, they looked awesome. And I, I thought that's why he was kind of going crazy. And he got lucky because, you know, in a regular season game, he might have got tossed. He was just doing some shit. That yeah, like- I mean, the, 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 there were so the cut up they had of all of just all the moments of Draymond talking trash was pretty good. And I think you're probably onto something that, that part of it was Draymond just understanding this is a do or die game. But well, especially you know, early on, where it's do or die and they're like down 10 and it felt like, oh, yeah. shit. It's the finals. And in theory, you should have the best officials in the finals, too. And, um, you know, I thought the double tech possible situation they handled really well. They were kind of backed into a corner because it's like, well, are they going to give a tech to just one guy? And the reality is that we don't need technical fouls that much. There's no reason for technical fouls when a couple guys just kind of push each other and we move on. There's no totally reason agree. for it. Totally agree. So I thought that when, was when well did technicals handled. become a thing? Last decade, you think? It's <laughs> a good question. I don't know. They they are much more prevalent now than when we were kids for sure. And I can kind of understand screaming at refs. I mean, I think a lot of times refs should, you know, they have bunny ears and we don't need it. But I guess I can I can kind of get like, all right, there's a way that we're going to run this game and you can't abuse blah 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 whatever. But a little push here, a little shove there, you know. It's fine. And and I think part of it, maybe he knows how things are a little different. Like, remember, when he got suspended for um, kicking LeBron's nuts, Manscaped promo code ham. No, no, he dropped his nuts on his face. Dropped his nuts, which he did to Marcus Smart today, too. He, um, ki- he kicked uh, Pau Gasol. I thought LeBron stepped over him and he kicked up at LeBron. That's how he got you know suspended in the finals and then went to the A's game. I thought he dropped. He his stepped nuts. over LeBron, and uh, LeBron. Now, came- now, now I'm confused. I yeah, I think he, LeBron stepped over him, and he kind of pushed up. But my point is, he didn't oh, get yeah, suspended yeah. for that act. He got suspended because he'd reached the maximum number of technicals, right? Who's the dude on the Thunder? Serge Ibaka. Didn't he Serge kick Ibaka. him in the nuts? Or yeah, no, Stephen Stephen Adams. He kicked. He there kicked. was also the flying, like the rebound or the yeah, shot. I can't remember yeah. which it was, but that was a. <laughs> well, yeah, no one ever knows with him. It was a. It was just up in the air and kicking. Yeah. You know? You're right. No, but I think that was LeBron was getting over teabagging Draymond and he swiped at his at his nuts. Yeah. Uh 
But my point is, like, even in that situation, he wasn't suspended because the officials thought he needs to be kicked out of the game, or he needs to. He was only suspended because he had reached the number of technical fouls that can that then get you suspended. So uh, I'm with you. I thought he was. I thought he was pretty damn good. I thought Wiggins was good. Poole finally found it a little bit. Um, Gary Payton. Gary Payton gave him good minutes. You know, it's funny. Bielitsa comes in. And everyone always thinks the same thing, which is like, you got to go at him. And then he's not that terrible. Defensively he's, he's, he's long. long. Yeah. He I mean, just I, looks like you got to go at him. How about my guy and his dad, Walnut Creek guy, uh, Looney? I mean, Looney's just a monster, bro. Plus 24, 12 points, seven boards. Felt like his impact was quadruple that. He's everywhere. Steals. I fucking love Looney. I love Looney. He honestly is my favorite player on this team. If Clay's not going to be that's an great. insane take. <laughs> I, but I, favorite player in terms of an appreciation. Like yeah, yeah. Steph is one of the greatest players of all time. Clay had some of the greatest moments in the history of the NBA. Draymond has won a defensive player of the year and is now a podcaster. Looney, I feel like doesn't Andrew Wiggins was the number one overall pick on a max contract. Looney had bad hips. No one would touch him. Even when he's been on the Warriors, we're like, this guy sucks. This guy's a stiff. And it's like, Kerr just keeps playing him in all these playoffs, and he always comes through for like seven straight years now. It's incredible. And he's again, what happened earlier in the last se- or two series ago? They're like, we need to start Looney. Get pull out of here. They start Looney, boom. They kick Memphis's ass, and they yeah. haven't looked back. You got to give Looney his props. He's taken to another level. I mean, what do you have? He's four, been awesome. Four points in game one. He had 12. Like, that's all you need, right? You don't need 20. Just 12 and seven. With three steals and a block? Draymond, Draymond would die to score 12. <laughs> he had nine, actually. No, he, he had the open three he yeah. took was whew. um free throws. Ooh. But he does he did hit a five couple. He did a couple. He, he pre- he pushes the he pushes the issue so much. Uh when he, he when he gets the ball in the open floor. It's there was the by the way, where- 20 free throws and 17 free throws. Like for the most part, it felt like I, I less fouls the better as far as I'm concerned, but I thought a lot. They got they let a lot. It was a pretty physical game. They let a lot of stuff go. Yeah, Draymond was doing some weird shit early. There, there was a play. I thought about this when he was in midair and then had to go to the layup. I, I've never I, I can barely touch net. So that feeling I, I'd be fascinated to know what it's like in midair as an NBA player, as a guy that can dunk, when you realize you're not gonna be able to dunk, so you gotta switch it to the finger roll. And that was the the phantom call they gave on Jalen Brown when he didn't even touch him and 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 Payton Turner just hit GP2. the ground. Yeah. And even though, as we've talked about, like, I don't think Gary Payton and his father are really that offended by Dylan Brooks and that whole thing. Like, it's kind of if you listen to Gary Payton on with Rosillo, like they kind of I think that's kind of wired into their family. And I heard Gary Payton, the second, say that he like he wasn't that mad at him. <laughs> and it was like it's like his dad was speaking. It was crazy. But just that play. Think how tough you have to be to come back from that. How about the montage they showed early in the game of the injury? It's like, what are we doing? They showed like three different angles of his injury. Why are I'll we pass. showing this? Yeah. Did you see that? Where they uh, like showed it and he hit no, and I've, he hit again and then he. It. I'm glad I missed it because I can't watch that thing. What are we doing? Yeah. I thought the Jordan Poole, you mentioned, I want to go back to it. The shot he hit before the end of the third quarter was you never see guys. You see guys always try to get as far as they can with as much time as they have. But there comes to a point where you get so far down the floor, you get close to the other three-point line that they defend you. They don't really defend you at midcourt because they don't want to foul you on a you know, a shot that whatever the percentages are on it. The closer you get to the three-point line, the closer they defend you. So he just stopped, like took his time, like squared up, was not in a rush because he had five seconds, I think, when he got the ball. I thought it was genius execution knowing – like, I'm only going to run into a contested shot. I'm going to stop here. You and I have been to, over the years, so many basketball games, war- the warm-up before the basketball game. And for me, I think you were there with me. You were. The most memorable warm-up pregame was Vince Carter's that I've seen. Do you remember that? I, I, I think you, I think that was something with the Kings or something. I, I didn't see Vince No, it was, a war- it was a Warrior game. Was he on the Grizzlies? I don't know. It would have been like... You know, fifteen. I, 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 I saw Ray Allen's. I don't think I saw Vince. Ray Allen's was Vince just warm up, warm up, warm up, and just works away from the basket. And he finishes taking just square up jumpers from the from the midcourt logo. Just bam, bam, bam. Like it's set, nothing. Set shots. Like it's nothing. Like it's a. I mean, he had. It wasn't a free throw level no jump, but it wasn't like a game jumper. Like really have to elevate. 
and use his legs. Are you supposed to jump when you shoot jumpers? Because I never, yeah. I never I mean, instituted it's in the name. <laughs> Did you institute that in your game? Because mine, and, uh, I mean, my, mine was more of a set shot, <laughs> more of a push. Yeah. But these guys have my point is like they've got that shot in the bag, you know, and uh, I thought it was pretty cool that he pulled it out when he did. Well, there were like three guys ready to swarm, so it was a smart move for him to stop. But that when he hit the shot, that was that was one of the cooler warring moments of the playoffs. That was badass. That was sweet. And he has been like him and Clay. I mean, Clay's one of the more accomplished players in like NBA history, several time champion. I mean, he's an all time great. Obviously, Jordan has a lot to prove, but they both do fall under the category of like the J.R. Smith category. Like they just keep shooting like it's not, you know, I mean, Jordan Poole, if he wasn't on the Warriors and it was on a bad team, he could be easily one of those players in the NBA that gets made fun of for just chucking. Yeah. I mean, if Clay's resume wasn't as long as it is, I mean, the, the first half. Can you play any worse? But it's not even that he's playing. But it's like he has, and this is what you have to appreciate about him because he ends up hitting some shots. It's like, Clay, you're not even remotely close, bro. You can't keep shooting. But he, it, I don't think it ever crosses his mind. Like, what do you mean I can't keep shooting? Like, he's dead I, Like dead serious. Like, he's – I was thinking tonight, is he, is he that different from Russell Westbrook? Obviously, he's a way better player. You'd rather, But just in terms of the mentality, like, Russell's problem is like, Russell, stop shooting. Clay, it's like there have to be people in the Warriors like, God, we just – Probably don't want to take that right now, Clay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say the difference is. I'm not saying Clay I'm not saying as shoot. players. I'm talking in mentality. Yeah, I, I I would say the difference, right, is that Clay, to me, Russell's more irrational in the mentality because Clay, when it clicks, it's one of the greatest things that the league has ever seen. Whereas Russ doesn't ever really get it to click like that. One hundred percent. But like he's had nights like this this year, just coming back from this injury, where it's not even off. It's not even remotely close. Well, he's not even th- tonight. He was missing shots and then taking shots that were just. Crazy. I mean, he's just forcing shots up, right? Like trying to get something to go. Uh, yeah, he looked bad. I mean, he's never had. I'm looking through his postseason game log. 142 games. He's missed seven threes in a postseason game before. He's never been one of eight, which he was. I think it's the most misses he's had. Well, it's it's a convoluted stat, but he had an O of seven night, and then he's had like a two of eleven before, stuff like that. So he's missed more shots. But he's never had a one of eight. He's had a he's had some bad ones. Is four? Would you consider four of nineteen a good night shooting? Uh, no, no, I would not. And fr- honestly, I don't remember the four. Well, he hit a couple threes late. Oh, I guess he just hit the one three where he's fading away. He hit. He missed a bunch of lamps. <laughs> it was. They were all missing. They, they don't really. They don't dunk much. You know who they? plays above the rim on this team? This would be the list. I think Wiggins. Otto Porter, and I mean that's is that am I missing anybody? Well, I, like, Gary, I would give Gary Payton when he's, when he's healthy, plays above he'll, the rim. Well, like he'll dunk and put back dunks. Well, what I mean thing. is like, yeah, yeah, go Looney up and get a rebound, a rebound above the rim. Looney will grab a rebound around rim height. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty incredible. Can they win this? Can they win the championship with Clay playing like this? No, no chance. He, they they can't. I, honestly, in the when they were down early, if they had one like, game one. You'd say yes, but well, no. I mean, the teams have come back from two zero when they. Get I understand, but I mean, now you got to go win on. You got to win in Boston. You feel like I, I to me, I'm a 50-50 coin flip. They're going to win the championship. I'm not like confident they're going to win. I'm not not confident they can't as much as game one, but I'm not like. I wouldn't bet my you know, mortgage on it that much. I wouldn't either, but I f- I think I feel kind of the way I did after game one. Like this game looked like game one until it became the game that I thought game one was not. I, I'm not, I, it's not what I thought game one was going to be, but like I've seen them play the first two and a half quarters today, just like they did the other day. Although you could argue they were a little more, Steph was, I wouldn't say he was better, just more balanced than he was in game one. Um, I'd pick him to win. I wouldn't be confident though. Because maybe that's trust, a good way to Because I don't trust Clay Thompson being his consistency. I know. I, I just keep going back to the Miami Heat took this Boston team to seven. That just that is one of my overarching and I and you know I think Boston's good. I think they're deep and all that. But that's that thought has stuck in my mind a lot. The Miami Heat took this team to seven. Al Horford had twenty six points last game. He had two tonight. Jesus. Two. He, he had only took two four points. He, John, he did not attempt a three-pointer he had two points that that's to me the biggest number that 
Marcus Smart had two points. Those guys combined for four points. Good job by Mike Brown. Well, he's just not quite ready Robert to move El Dorado Hills yet. Good job by D'Amico Ryans. <laughs> uh, Nick Stauskas had three. Nick Stauskas outscored Al Horford tonight. Did you have any clue that Niskauskas was still in the NBA? <laughs> not until I saw him on the Celtics bench, no. Makes sense why Vivek was at the game, doesn't it? <laughs> to see Skalstowskis. <laughs> I think he thought he was going to be as Clay Thompson. Uh, yeah. I'm ready I'm ready. At least we got we got a series now. I think Game Three is going to be bananas. There, I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be bananas. They have the best home court. We got a little Tito's golf Wednesday, and then Wednesday night basketball. It's a good Wednesday, guy. It is a good. Oh God, it's a great Wednesday. It's a good call. That's that's a Wednesday now. Okay, what time we tee off? You know, early morning. Yeah, we, we used to work with people that played a lot of golf, and I always like, what do they get to do? And then you realize it's part of work, it's part of sales. Yeah. But do you think he was there to see Stauskas? <laughs> what a line. Well, remember that was the guy. Remember he was pounding the table in that video? <laughs> yep. The draft video that the Kings put out. Yeah, and then the rumor was like he thought he could be there, Clay Thompson. Uh miss. <laughs> Vivek loves going to Warriors games. He if you were him, rich guy, obviously you probably still have a place around here, but you know, your business isn't sack. Do you think you own the NBA team, but your team's terrible? That team's good. You were part of them, but you haven't been part of them in a while. Would you go to these things? No, it is I mean, fun to go to a game, but I want to say no. Like it feels weird to me, but at the same time, it's like, well, I got this money. The playoffs are right here. Why wouldn't I go? You yeah, know, it feels like maybe I'm pumps. over, like I'm over litigating his life, but it does well, feel a little odd to me, but he goes well, to a lot of games. But it's like, hey, if you're the Kings, you could send an advanced scout to go watch this game to just try to pick up on stuff. So in his mind, like, what if you're just thinking like, I could just pick up on stuff? Because again, he, well, he believes he's Jerry West meets Jerry Buss, right? He, he believes he's a hybrid. And may he just be around his, his coach Davis. is his coach is there. I, that's the one thing I would his say. Coach is there. Yep. And his, think, broadca- and his broadcaster, Mark Jones. You could, you could argue it's less crazy when you factor in those two things. I, well, I don't think <laughs> I don't think his broadcaster <laughs> makes it less crazy. <laughs> but but and, and, his and, coach and, his, and it, actually his final two, like Mark Joe or Mark uh Mark, Mark Jackson. Jackson. That's right. Yeah. He's still telling Mark, like, Mark, I wanted you. I don't know if he ta- I don't know how he talks, but you were doing the Mark Jackson from Vivek to yeah. Mark Jackson. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, on with the pod. Uh, we've got the rest of this pod is a mailbag. We had some good. What's a good mailbag actually? So uh, let's get on with it. Here we go. Butcherbox.com/slash/ham and another special deal: free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional twenty bucks off. Right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app. Because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game, and I also have some season long. More or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match 
of up to $100. Price picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, so you get in our mailbag by going to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Five stars, we appreciate it. And um, leave us a question. That question can be about anything, as you'll see as we go through the mailbag questions today. Also, if you want to tell us your favorite bar, we love shouting out cool local places all over the country and all over the world. So include that. We've got a meaty mailbag, John. So uh, it's time for the El Ham El Mailbag, if you're ready for it. Let's do it. First up from Scott in Santa Clara. Five stars. Favorite pod. Two relatable dudes talking about my favorite teams. Uh, Bring insight and make me laugh. I was laughing out loud when I realized the similarities between John Guy and John Boy. John Boy always throws me off. I always say John Boy, but it's John Boy. It's just John Boy. John Boy. My question is, what fan moments has kids shaped your love for sports? I was born in 88. For me, it was being at the Garrison Hurst 98-yard OT run at the stick with my dad. Also, Giants-A's playoff runs of 2000-2002, the Jay Rich era and dunk contest with the Warriors. My favorite bar is Sons of Liberty in San Leandro. Has TVs with great food and cocktails. The best specialty cocktail bar in the Bay is Los Gatos Soda Works. No TVs, but drinks are incredible. Presentation top-notch. Shout-out to the owners, Jason and Nicole. Go Spartans, Scott and Santa Clara. Shout-out to you, Jason and Nicole. I Which take Spartans that is that? San Jose, probably. San Jose State? Well, that would be my guess. Is De La Salle the Spartans? Yeah, but he's Santa Clara guy. Yeah, okay, you're right. Could be Mich- could be Brett, Michigan State. Of the show, Brett Brennan. He's been on. Yeah. Been on the show. Uh, all right. Answer the question. What fan moment as a kid shaped your love for sports? So hell, I don't know. I'll give you I'll, I'll tell you first things that come to mind. It sounds cheesy, but it's so true. Like every day my dad came home from work and we played catch. So when I was a little kid, my somebody, my aunt got me this pinstripe baseball uniform. My mom swears I wore it every day from like age two to age four. Like it just got washed a couple times a week and I would wear that sucker button up Jersey, the pants pinstriped. It was just, you know, it wasn't a team. It was just whatever a brand. Um, but uh, you know, I, I loved, we, my dad was in the air force. We lived in Baltimore where he's from initially. Then we moved to Nebraska. My sixth birthday, I got the Joe Montana Hutch, like Jersey shoulder pads, pants, helmet, and the Jose Canseco, jersey pants helmet and um i got a school photo i went first grade school photo i'm wearing the full jose canseco uniform with the baseball pants in like the the full you know with the whole class is sitting on bleachers yeah um so that's up there i'd say cal ripken breaking lou gehrig's record was a big one for me like i will always remember watching that i, one. I, I remember, remember i remember that i remember that 21 31 that was a pretty big one um I'm just rattling things off that come to mind. I, I would say the 94 mind. 49ers when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I remember being with my dad at his buddy Jerry's house. They played the Eagles earlier in that season and they got destroyed. I'm pretty sure they won like the next 10 games. Obviously, one of the great teams of all time. They had like 11 all pros. Steve Young and the monkey off his back. Um, some of probably the late 90s 
when the Sacramento, I mean, I Michael Jordan, when he was wearing 45, remember that when he came back, but it's like, I was a Bulls fan just because I love Michael Jordan, like everyone else in America. Uh, so when the Sac Kings got really good and like Jay will got there, white chocolate was pretty, I mean, being like junior high, a lot of 55 jerseys in the Northern California area. He was pretty fucking cool. Obviously the Barry Bonds teams from like 97 to 02 before he got really, really big. I guess he started getting big in like 2000, but yeah, maybe that was when he got a big late nineties, early 2000s. But that kind of group, him, Jeff Kent, some of those that, you know, just making runs, going to the playoffs all the time. The one World Series, when they went to the World Series in 02, we would have been seniors in high school. I remember going to Ian McKenzie's house to watch some of those games and then lose. So I'd say, you know, I would say really, really young. I remember meeting Muhammad Ali with Noah Burkhoff and his dad, who I was probably like eight in Sacramento for one of those, like, you know, it was like the hospital put it on. He's sitting there. They probably paid him 50 grand. It's kind of a meet and greet. You just walk up, do a shake hand and move on. It's kind of one of those weird deals. But the line, I swear to God, was from like Sacramento to uh, Los Gatos. I mean, there were so many people there to meet Muhammad Ali at the time. This is probably like early nineties. I can't even imagine because I had no clue how famous that individual was. Yeah. No way <laughs> yeah. to grasp it as a kid. Zero. I mean, I, at the time, in like early 90s, I would imagine athletes, Muhammad Ali had to be one of the most top two or three most famous athletes in the world, right? Michael, still, he is him. right now. Yeah. I mean, he would have been up there even at the time with like Michael Jackson, you know, George, the president. Yeah. Like he would have been. He's, he gets a seat on the floor. Zero grasp. I just knew I was like, it was something big. Yeah, that's actually a vivid memory I have from like probably somewhere between like nine and 11 that you just one of those things that you just kind of remember even closing my eyes was like the, you know, it was one of those like concrete basketball courts. Mm-hmm. He was sitting on one side and everyone's kind of lined out. So, yeah, let's I think things you do in person as a kid really matter. Like sat on I went to Dusty to Baker camps. baseball camp in Sacramento. Yeah, see, I was going to say, I think going to camp, I went to sat Johnny on lap. sat on his lap. That well, every kid did. You sit on his lap and he talks to you for a little bit and gives you, yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Ask you where you're from and you had the toothpick. Yeah, Dusty was a smooth, you know, Dusty's a Sacramento guy. Yeah, I know that's awesome. My dad always told this story UC Davis basketball camp. I don't remember this at all. Probably 95, 96. So I would have been like 10, 11. I remember going to these camps, but Bob Williams, who ended up, I think, played at Arizona, coached at Santa Barbara for a while. Was like UC Davis coach, led him to a national championship, then went to Santa Barbara, was friends with Steve Kerr. And Steve Kerr showed up like on when the parents showed up to like put on a little clinic. My dad always tells a story like how he showed up in like Sperry Topside, you know, just like kind of like casual Bands, dress shoes yeah. and just fucking banging off three pointers. And everyone's like, and he's playing for the Bulls at the time. So swish, 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 swish. That's a superpower. Yeah. I think I think going to camps as a kid is I went to the Johnny Oates Orioles camp. I remember us going to a Suns camp when we were in Arizona. It was like Mark West. It's like Mark West is running this camp. He played for the like on the good Suns teams. But he obviously, you know, it's never Charles Barkley's camp. It's Mark West's camp. But it yeah. was awesome. Wayman Tisdale, I think, showed up. Um camp camps for kids are great. That's a that's a good question, Scott. Next up from Lance. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and this is the best one, except for pardon my take. Ham is a close second. <laughs> Thanks, Lance. Thanks, buddy. Hachigian. I think Lance might be an Armenian. I think so. Uh, this is from Nico. First time review, long time listener. I'm sure that you two know that in order to have a fair and more accurate draft analysis, you normally have to wait three years. That being said, can you do an analysis of the 2019 Niners draft? including undrafted free agents. I think it'd be a great thing for you to do uh, every year, since I rarely see any articles and videos that analyze the draft from three years back. Thanks you up the great work. Nico, this is actually, remember, we addressed this question on the version of the mailbag last week that didn't. I was thinking you reading this. I'm like, haven't we done this before? I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Somebody forgot to hit record last time we did this one. We gave it a good grade because they got Bosa, they got Debo, they got Greenlaw, they got Ajir as an undrafted free agent. So they got multiple starting linebackers, a star, Debo. You know, I think it's a pretty high-level draft. Uh, they got two undrafted free agents that year. Aziz, and who's the other one? Juwan mm-hmm. Jennings won? No, Juwan Jennings was a seventh-rounder in in uh, the, two years later. Uh, Aziz Alshire, and, oh, Kevin Givens. Maybe it was Kevin Givens that we were thinking of. 
They they had several other players that are not on the team anymore that play for other teams and got snaps. So you get credit for drafting NFL players. Wasn't the tight end. The kid from Stanford was one yep. that ended up playing for the Giants. Like if you draft a guy in the sixth round and Caden, you cut him. Caden Smith, right? Yeah. And he ends up starting games for other teams. Like you get credit for identifying a, an NFL player, right? Uh, I, absolutely you do. They took Tim Harris in that draft, Justin School in draft that in that draft, Caden Smith, Dre Greenlaw. I, you know, I, I think we would agree you probably want a little more out of Mitch Wisnowski, but they took their starting punter in that draft. Really, the only miss in that draft was Jalen Hurd. Everybody else in the draft, you'd say Tim Harris in the sixth round was a hit. Which, and, and in fairness to Jalen Hurd, that was taking a swing, right? That wasn't like they knew what they were getting into. They were just taking a swing for the fence, and they missed. Yeah. I have no problem with, you You know, you take enough swings for the fences, you're going to miss on some of these guys. Balky did a lot, but you you take the injured guys later in drafts, you know, where they would have gone a little higher and it just backfired. That's a pretty high hit rate right there. Uh, next up from Ryan, found Haberman and Middlecoff during the 2020 season, spelled S-Z-N, best find ever. Love the insight from both these guys. Only podcasts I listen to start to finish. Do you listen to, thanks, Ryan, do you listen to podcasts start to finish? Which, what would you say your percentage of finishing up podcasts is? Uh, well, I skip a lot of stuff. I mean, it's just it, all over the map, but not very hot. The under 10 percent yeah and again like it it's so sometimes on in the background for what radio used to be to us as consumers things, but yeah you're just not you're doing other things and you know yeah I, I do a lot of that yeah uh john let's tell the people about our friends at indeed oh. indeed.com slash ham we're right now when you sign up for indeed you get a 75 dollar credit towards your first job uh, sponsored job post plus an extra $500 in extra sponsored job credits with Indeed's virtual interviews. Just go to Indeed.com slash ham to learn more. Yep. With Instant Match Guy, over 80% of employers get quality candidates. Instead of hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools. Like I said, Indeed Instant Match. We're all looking for help. We're all looking to improve. We had a, uh, a a friend who might be a future uh, uh, 1099 employee for us reach out. So, you know, can we get together? We got ideas. I said, you know, it's hard to find good help. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't know them, we wouldn't know about them. Well, that's where places like Indeed, which are great because you get virtual interviews. Everything's done online. It helps you, you know, siphon out the things you're looking for and the things you're not in an individual candidate. A lot of candidates out there, guy. It's hard to find the one you want, and that's where our friends at Indeed come through. We've been talking for a minute about Indeed. In that minute, 16 hires were made on Indeed. When you sponsor an Indeed post in the U.S., you are three times more likely to get a hire. Oh. Okay, so do do that. Join the 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Sign up for Indeed now. Get a $75 credit towards your first sponsored job. Plus, you earn up to $500 extra in sponsored job credits with Indeed's virtual interviews. Visit Indeed.com slash ham to learn more. Claim your credits at Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Next up on the mailbag, John, this is from Henry. Kick-ass show. Question for you. A fantasy world where there's a new expansion NFL team created tomorrow. Out of Des Moines, Iowa, for some reason. And and the rules for them is they build the roster. They can trade future picks for players inside free agents. How competitive would this team be? Say they play no division. Maybe the schedule is like the bottom eight of the AFC and the bottom nine of the NFC. And maybe their quarterback's Jimmy G. Maybe they're coached by Sean McVay. Love the show. Thanks, Henry. Okay, so he wants to create a team that's for some reason it's in Des Moines. Okay. And they build their roster. They can trade future picks for players and sign free agents. Well, the the only way you could give them enough players. Remember, it feels like it's been so long ago. When a startup franchise like the Texans came around or the Jags, they do that thing where you're only allowed to claim 90% of your roster or whatever. 80% of your roster. Protect, yeah. Yeah, protect. So it's. So I can pick players from other teams that are not protected. You have to do something like that for them to acquire some players. You can't just start a team from scratch. So I think 
if you did do a startup, you know, or a, you know, what's it called? A uh, what, what's a team expansion. that comes out of expansion team? You have to do that so they can get a base of thirty NFL players, and then they get a draft, and then they sign some free agents. And historically, they still are terrible, right? That first year or two. But you got you have to give them some base. So I would say, yeah. and I would not. You can't trade future picks for players in expansion team because fucking you need the picks, right? So the way the Texans one worked was each team could put had a um, a list of five players that the Texans could choose from. The Texans had to claim either thirty players or twenty seven million dollars in contracts, so which was thirty eight percent of the salary cap at that time. And then there was you know free agency. And the draft. So I gave you five players on my, at the time, I think it was a 70-man, 75-man roster or whatever. Oh, I guess off their 53-man roster? Or is the off-season roster? Uh, you would think it would have to be the 53-man, right? The off-season would, roster would just be. Well, here, I'll tell you who they their team. Their most expensive player was cornerback Aaron Glenn. They I remember players him. from the Jets for some reason. I don't know exactly how this. Yeah, they had three players from the Jets. Well, if you were in cap hell. If you were in cap hell and you wanted to get rid of a guy that you weren't going, that if you cut, you got dead cap, you would put him on that list, right? But how they end up with three guys? Because the Jets probably were in cap hell at the time and they just put expensive players on there. So they, well, the Jets them. wanted, so like, here's a, this is, I'm just reading here. The Jets wanted Aaron Glenn and they thought the Texans wouldn't take him because he was so expensive, but the Texans took him. So it was like they tried to play up, they tried to bluff and the Texans called their bluff. Why would they put him on the list in the first place? Maybe to protect another player because they're like, they're not going to take this $8 million player. So we're really only playing four players, not putting four players on the list because they're not going to take Aaron Glenn's. But what I would ask them at the time, their salary cap is they don't have anybody on the book. So why does it matter? $8 million, I, I $3 don't million know. player? I they didn't the best player. That's the story. They didn't think they would not. They didn't. They, they took Tony Baselli, Aaron Glenn, Gary Walker, who was an all pro, uh, a pro bowl defensive tackle from the Jags, making five million bucks. Jermaine Lewis, the receiver from the Ravens. Um, Can you imagine, guy? Danny Warfel from the if, Bears. If there was an expansion team and this exercise happened right now, how fun it would be. God, it'd be amazing. Because <laughs> it would, every single team's fan base would, I mean, it would be the most fascinating. Like, you wouldn't be able to bluff. You would be like, yeah, they really don't like that guy, turns out, right? <laughs> it would be a great way to get rid of salary, too. It'd be incredible. Be like, D Ford. Uh, would Jimmy would Jimmy Garoppolo be on the Niners list? Of course he would, right? No, they want to trade him. But you don't think they'd put him on this list? To just no, they wouldn't put him on the list. They would try and trade him to the expansion team. Well, I would say that they would get... We would have a big, long talk about, like, wait, you're not putting yeah, him on the would, list just to get rid of him? They would put him on the list. It would be a hell of a topic, because I would, I would be infuriated if they didn't put him on the list. Uh, this is from Arcabs, five stars. This is my jam. Uh, just like hanging out with your boys, but like your smarter boys, bar recommendation, Walter's Sports Bar across from Nats Park in D.C. Note, I live in D.C. We've been to the Nationals Park in D.C. Pretty what sure I remember did. about that was driving through a neighborhood very close to the stadium that didn't feel like a neighborhood that'd be right by the stadium. Uh, I don't remember. Do you remember Walter's Sports Bar? No. Uh, I don't remember much about the outside besides once we were in. I just remember feeling like there wasn't anything around the stadium to do, but maybe it, I was. It, it felt a little... We didn't come from like... We came from out of like a neighborhood, I remember, which was weird. Yeah, it felt a little, I mean, different, but a Levi Stadium kind of just in the middle of nowhere. It didn't make sense. I've been to D.C. again, and it was incredible, but I didn't go by the stadium. I've been to both the Nationals Park and where the football team plays. They both feel not in the middle of stuff. No, but the nationals park easily could be. And I could just not have realized it. Yeah. I just remember we drove through like this little street in a neighborhood and then the stadium was right there. So maybe we came from the wrong side or something, but uh, DC is a great town, but I, I don't, we, we, did we drop, we drove from Philadelphia. Yeah. How long it's did like that take us? Two hours, 20 minutes. Not very far. Next up JT. I'm a Spotify listener, but since that one guy drops you guys down to a 4.8 with his one star, I figured I'd come in and give you guys a five star review to help the rating earning your stars. I'm in a question. We appreciate that. Thanks JT. Thanks buddy. Uh, this is uh, a shout out to wood gravy for turning me onto this show. 
from used goat. <laughs> I got code names. Question for the pod. Guy, we've seen some horrible broadcast crews, especially during the Tom Sula and Chip Kelly eras. You've mentioned your study habits. Do the broadcast crews make a difference for play-by-play or color guys? When years back, Jimmy Ward was talking, was talked about as an undrafted free agent or a seventh rounder on a broadcast. Was that solely on the guy talking? Does the broadcast crew make a difference for the play-by-play or color guy? I think w- is what he's saying is because when the team was really shitty, they got the worst Fox crew for the games. Is that what he's meaning? Not like th- the 49ers broadcast. I think he's talking about the worst Fox or CBS broadcast on the shittiest games. Okay. Which would so, make sense. Oh, so is he asked? So when years back, Jimmy Ward was talked about as an undrafted free agent or seventh rounder on a broadcast. Was that? So I guess somebody made a mistake is what he's saying. Do people He's just work- saying the guys in the worst crew have no clue what's going on. It feels like when they gotcha, you know. gotcha. So uh, it, it's hard to know who. Do- some people do all of their own prep. Well, I would say most people have some sort of help, whether it's. Uh, but it's very possible that some guys have their boards made. Like the board is what, like your it's called a spotting board. It's like a much more intricate. If you're watching the video version of this thing that I'm holding up, that tells you. Some people do it numerically some people arrange it by position like oh there's a 4-3 defense so i'm going to arrange it that way um but uh so some people make those themselves some people have people make them for them so it's definitely possible that somebody made one it said undrafted free agent or seventh rounder they just read that and were wrong um so i mean that's definitely possible i think it's harder to prepare for bad teams (laughs) like good teams are on for example like I think Joe Buck calls all the best games, right? So when he just casually sits down and watches a game that's not his, it's probably a good game, and it's probably going to be a team that, you know, he calls a lot of Cowboys games. He watches a lot of Cowboys games, so he just he can probably know the Cowboys like the back of his hand. If you're like Joe Jags tomorrow, he'd be like, oh, that's a lot of work. That's a lot more work for him than, you know, like Monday Night Football is going to be a change for Joe and Troy. You brought this up to me the other day. Because they're used to the, the you're like number one Fox game is a better game consistently than your Monday Night Football game. Yeah, I mean they basically do five teams on some sort of loop: the Packers, t- Tom Brady, the Cowboys. Uh, throw a little Eagles in there, n- the best teams in the West, right? Boom on just a loop playing each other. And like yeah. when the Rams play the Packers, they do that game. When the Bucks play the Rams, they do that game. When the Niners play the Rams, they do that game. When the Cowboys play the Bucks, they do that game. So the the carryover and crossover to the games they do. What I was thinking, do you agree that like if we were going to do a show, we're just doing a podcast tomorrow, someone handed us the printout of what we're going to talk about and they they press record immediately. We just start talking and we look down like what the topic is. Is that the equivalent of someone doing your board? Like isn't part of like putting your own show together, putting your own board together? It's a little different. Uh, I would say it's a little different because, you know, when you do it, when we do a show, it's the stuff that we want to talk about. Whereas the starting safety is the starting safety. It's not about whether I want to talk about the starting safety. I just need to know that 37 is the starting safety and his last name is Smith. Right. Um, So I would say it's a little different in that way. But yeah, I mean, I don't think you're totally wrong just because the preparation is part doing the board is part of the preparation. I've definitely worked with people who don't look at the board until the game starts and it's a, they don't know anything. It's useless. You can't just start looking at it right then when the game starts. And ideally you're preparing. And as you're preparing, you're making notes and you made the note. So I definitely think there's a value when you make the note, it means more to you than if somebody else makes the note, because to make the note, you probably had to read something and then condense it down to one line. As opposed to if somebody says like, as an example, the kind of thing that would be on a board would be like, uh, you know, John Middlecoff is the starting running back. And it would say like uh, uh, John Middlecoff senior played three years in the NFL for the Seahawks, right? That'd be like from your bio and that's on the thing. So if somebody else made that for me and I just looked at it, I'd be like, there's John Middlecoff senior whose dad, uh, se- uh, junior, his dad senior played in the league, a uh, Seahawks running back for three years. And that's it. That's all the information I have. Whereas if I made it myself, I'd probably look up John Middlecoff senior and I'd be like, oh, shit, he had 100 yards. His best game came in this stadium where Junior's playing today. And you just have a little more context. You can usually yeah, he, tell he, when he someone. Pick, he picked off Dan Marino the last time he played the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, you would just have – I would – that's how I do it. I try. I take the bullet point, and then I try to make it sound like a real story. 
and you can tell what I can tell when I watch a game and somebody is just working off of like the bullet points in the biography, you can tell pretty easily. Yeah. I think so. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that you remember the size of the board, uh, Sean McDonough, when he did those two years with Gruden, <laughs> it was huge. Now I, I, my board's gotten bigger over time cause I've made my font bigger, but McDonough's used to fold and he would hold, he'd always hold it <laughs> just to show like, look at all the work I've done. <laughs> you you know who he's actually pretty good at is hockey. I've just watched some playoff hockey. Yeah. I've heard, I, channels. He's I've heard he's good. really good at it. The hockey guys on ESPN and TNT just, I've casually just ended up on a couple like, 10 minutes stretches of hockey. Yeah. That's a hard sport to call. Yeah. You got to know what you're talking like. Uh, Kenny Albert, I think is a hockey yeah. guy. Yep. He's, but he's just, you got to really not only like it, know it. There's a tempo to it. It's, it's, it's a fucking challenge. You got to know that you can't just like fly ball to the left and <laughs> Iserman with the catch. It's like <laughs> Iserman, the middle to Lemieux, to Haberman. It's, <laughs> it is re- the playoffs are like on line chain. They don't yeah. stop the game for the subs. Crazy. All right. Next up. Uh, first time, long time. Love the show. What golf ball do you use? And does it matter? You know what? I, I can't even grab it from where I'm sitting. I got an email. You know those, you know the balls that have the, uh, let me grab it actually. Okay. I'm, I'm holding a Tito's brand Pro V1. Tito's is not paying for this advertisement today, but they're getting it because they gave, because, uh, Devin gave us some Pro V1s. I got an email from golfballs.com. And sometimes they sell practice balls. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like a PJ Tour event, Ricky Fowler hits his ball on the range. They have him waiting for Tiger. They all hit their own golf ball on the range. Right. So, you know, the tailor-made guys that play like the, uh, the ball that kind of looks like a soccer ball? Thing? Yeah, yeah. They usually sell them for like $10 discount. So if it's $49.99, maybe you can get for like $42 or whatever. They were on sale for $22.99. So I got four dozen for $100. Now they say practice on them. Yeah. So what I do when I when I need a new set, I'll go through all 12 and I'll take a black Sharpie and I'll put a line through it. Because you don't want other people. A, why do you do that? What? Because I'm I'm playing. If I'm going to use it on the course, yeah, I don't want people to see I have a practice ball, even right. though it is a real like if they're practice. It could easily say middle cough on it, right, right, right. But it's pretty clear that this was used. Could have been a college event, any event. It was used for something non right. just random driving range. Now was that ball definitely already used, or just was slated to be used and never got used? This there's a little wear and tear. They've been hit on the range. Okay, so you know. Looking back, to me, the price point, $100 for 48 golf balls, no no issue. But you do <laughs> black Sharpie, too, because the red, you can see through. So you got to go black Sharpie. It takes, yeah. I've done it twice now. It takes, you know, 15 minutes to go through each ball. We had some, uh, I made some Vice golf balls a couple of years ago with our logo on it. I didn't, again, I didn't love that ball. I, I always, uh, for what, I for to the question, does it matter? It matters to really good players. You correct me if I'm wrong here. Like it, Matt John's good at golf. It matters more to you than it does to me. I play a Bridgestone golf ball, um, the E6, I think, which is one of their lower level golf balls. I do have a few of the nicer balls that I got somehow, and I tend to like a softer golf ball. I think, but I, I like the, I like a hard. I like TP5X, the TaylorMade, which is what that is, and what I I normally play without the soccer look too. Yeah, problem is they cost fifty dollars for twelve. How about the Pro V1? That, to me, that ball is a little soft for me. I mean, it's a lot of pros play it. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I would say it's considered the hot best ball. It's a three. It's a three layer ball, right? Three layer versus two layer. The more expensive balls are three layer balls. I would most. Of, I would imagine the ball. You I use. think there's Pro V. That Pro V is the softer, and the Pro V One X tends to be the little harder one. But oh, okay. I think like you know, Tiger feel like a softer ball. Yeah, Tiger plays the Bridgestone, so I play the Bridgestone, John. Yeah, Tiger still play Bridgestone. Yeah, he plays Bridgestone. Yeah, that's that's why I play Bridgestone. Uh, all right, next up, this is from WCW. Love the show. Just want to let you know that you do a great job. I've been listening for a couple of years or so. Got hooked on your intro. Never tried my hand at betting. Do you suggest that I start with the uh, bookie site or DraftKings? Give it the good work. Thanks. Willie. P.S. Should you should you guys should talk a little Giants during the Niners offseason? Chuck Peterson. Um, uh, depends where you live. Yeah, depends on the state. Uh so we need to know the state you're in there, Willie. But if you're in California, mybookie.ag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's the easy one. 
Uh, next up, uh, authentic takes, thoughtful, informative, love the humor, makes following the Niners fun. We've got. I used to only I, read the I, ones. My problem we, with the Giants also, I go, I go to bed at now like nine o'clock, so I mean I don't watch them watch today. Anymore. The problem is like, oh, Giants run at three. Who they got? The Marlins. Is that are they playing right now? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. This is Sunday show. Uh, <laughs> well, that means they have a day game on Sunday. Good guy to know. One star. This review is titled Tired of the Lies. <laughs> if Steph Curry does it, great. Anybody else, it's a problem. One star, good sirs. Do you know what he's talking about? If you're going to give us a one star review, you at least have to be specific, I would say. If you're going to if you're going to hurt our business like this and you hurt our business when you give us a one star review, which if we earned a one star review, like if I served you some chicken with some hair in it or it was dry, if I earn the one star, then I earn the run star. But this is a bullshit review. Because I I don't know what this is. If it's what I think it is, then it's bullshit. Horseshit, actually. I like saying horseshit better. If this is about like flopping, too. because I hate flopping and I call flopping out. And there's two things I hate. Flopping and unnatural jump shots, where you like kick your legs out and you fall away, whatever. I've made videos of Steph's flopping jumpers. So I hold Steph as accountable for that as anybody else. If that's what this is about, then it's horseshit. Now, if it's about something else, then I, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> then then Does it I really hurt like, our business if they go one stars? Not, not really. I just like the 4.9. It's so close to a 5.0. And now two one stars, we've dropped to a 4.8 rating. And I don't want to fall at like a 4.5. You know, yeah, and, st- st- still an A. I know, but anybody can be a 4.5. Like I want a 4.9. I like not the sure. 4.9. I want to get back to the 4.9. If you think we deserve a one star, I'm not telling you to give us something other than what we deserve, but at least have a understandable complaint so we can address the issue properly, you know, try and make make it right as the restaurant. Joey Votto just hit a home run. Votto, Joey Votto. Uh, next up from uh, Crimson Wright. Sup, fellas, been a fan for years. Found John through Colin, then Ham from there. I live in Mississippi. And so I've never been a true NFL fan of a single team, but I'm a huge Alabama fan, so I just root for Alabama guys in the league. Y'all's show does have me appreciate and rooting for the Niners a lot more now. They remind me of an SEC team. But my question, have y'all heard Shady McCoy's quotes about Eric Bieniemy? does never get hired as a head coach? What are y'all's thoughts on why he hasn't been hired? You were just talking to Andy Reid yesterday about this. What did he say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I saw a video the Chiefs put out yesterday. It was like, I don't know if it was Mahomes because he was playing golf. It was another quarterback, and and Nagy was right next to him. I was like, huh? Transition already starting? Yeah. Uh, Listen, I heard different things. I've never, in all all sincerity and seriousness, I've never asked Andy Reid about uh, Eric Bieniemy. Veach doesn't text me back anymore. The guy that I do text with, uh, he's always said good things about him, but I, Shady was not making that up. Now, not defending Eric Bieniemy because I think his resume is pretty clear. People do not want to hire the guy. It ain't a race issue at this point. He is unhirable. That's the way the league views him. They do. People do not want to hire him. Robert Sala, who came out of nowhere, boom, fucking went to the front of the, passed his ass fast. His he alma is, mater. Now, maybe he doesn't want to be a college coach. His alma mater had an opening in an emergency situation that didn't go to him. Didn't even interview him, right? They. I don't know if they. Inter- I don't think so, but I know they didn't consider him. And he's constantly doing. Remember when Helton got fired, and like twenty minutes later, it was like Schefter. Eric Bieniemy would be highly interested in the job. <laughs> I'll never forget that Schefter tweet. It was literally like Clay Helton's been fired. Bruce Feldman. Within thirty minutes, Schefter had a tweet. Sources say that Eric Bieniemy would be highly interested. Well, yeah. no shit. Sorry John Middlecoff would be interested people. in some pizza tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are we talking about? But something's off. I mean, I, something's off. Now, Shady had a bad reaction with him, but I, one thing he did mention that I, I do wonder, like, Eric Bieniemy is like a legit, I think, kind of hard on players. And like Shady was saying, he's like an asshole, and I, I, I think it's a fine balance when they go, well, bro, like. It's one thing if you're Kyle Shanahan or Andy Reid or Belichick, like you're not even, are you calling the plays? Like you're out of me. What? She's yeah. like, I've been in this offense longer than you have. I, I think it's dangerous to use one player's opinion about a coach who had a bad, who had Especially a bad if the experience. He's an asshole. Like every coach who's ever coached the sport has a player that thinks he's an asshole, but it clearly got weird this year with him and the chiefs because they signed him late. Remember that whole deal? Yeah. 
Yeah. Something I, I do think there's something to the story consistently that we don't get. And um it, I don't even think it's debatable at this point. There's yeah. something there. Frank in Boise says, How long before an NFL player? By the way, I think we've one last thought on Bianami. It's felt like we've talked about it like it was inevitable that he would become a head coach. It does that's I do not. If you had to bet right now, does he become a head coach or not? In no. the NFL? You say no. I, I agree. Frank in Boise, how long before an NFL player signs a contract with a player opt-out, like in the NBA or Major League Baseball? Any thoughts as to which QB might be the first? Great show, guys. Been listening since the radio days. Whoa. Because w- wouldn't you say the opt-outs are always on the team? Like, we can cut you. <laughs> yeah, the baseball opt-outs are like, um, I what's his name? The short shot from the Astros has one uh, with the Tigers this year. Uh, Quato famously had that and picked Qu- it up. Quato's was like, opt-in, hurt, opt-in. <laughs> Westbrook this year is like $48 million, I think. He's opt-in. opting in. Hardens has a 44. Well, the player opt-out is the one that's, that's pretty I guess crazy. basketball has might, What's the name of the shortstop on the Tigers now? Well, who am I? Number one from the Astros, the shortstop. Uh, the, Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa, yeah. I think he has a, it's a two-year, it's like two opt-in. He's got like a $15 million opt-in. That's pretty opt-in. prevalent in baseball with the best players, right? Yeah, now I'm. I, yeah, now it is. Yeah, I think it's unheard of in football. It doesn't exist. An opt in. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the opposite. It's like, oh, uh, we're gonna franchise tag you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I don't think I, it's ever coming to the NFL. I don't think so either. I don't even think we're close. I'd also say, besides the question is an opt out. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, my mistake. Yeah, yeah. Think, right well, thing. remember Tom Brady got it like two years ago. That's how he became out? a free agent. Remember that's how he became a free agent. Did they not like, read? They like read it as contract that if he wanted to become a free agent, he yeah, could. And then he became, yeah. and even that wasn't even a true opt out. It was just, I don't think the NFL is even remotely close. Like this is here's way. a five because the difference is, I think they the look NFL, at that and they laugh. Well, here's the other thing that's different, right, about the NFL NBA is the Johnny Cueto contract is here's a five year contract, whatever the number was, one like one twenty five, one twenty. Uh, it's a five-year contract, and it's all guaranteed if you want it to be. But you can also walk away from it if you had a great year, right? Yeah, so, so we're, we're to willing start, to pay you forty million dollars. You have a great year. You can, but that's the only way you can get them. But what I'm saying is the difference in the NFL and the NBA is to start with, it's a guaranteed contract for five years, the whole thing. Whereas the NFL doesn't even have that. Forget about opt-outs. You don't even have the full five-year. You know, your whole contract isn't guaranteed to you no, in the NFL. Yeah. So it's a it's kind of a double same same thing with like Harden and Westbrook. Like if they want to opt out this year, they can opt out. If they want to opt in, it's like a combined ninety million dollars. Right? Westbrook's was forty eight, I think. <laughs> I think Harden's is forty four. Which is wor- which can, is worse? Well, I don't know. I mean, the one thing I would say for Westbrook, at least Westbrook can like. If you said, "All right, we're running ten suicides," Westbrook could do it, and he would do it at a very high speed. I listened to Rosillo had like a 15 minute segment on the NBA finals on his Thursday podcast on just different topics and stuff. And they ended with the question, non-finals question. Like you had to pick one player to have on your team this fall, Westbrook, Harden, Simmons. And, and Ryan, like, I, I immediately hate the question, <laughs> but he starts with the premise of one one guy of the three. We unequivocally know wants to play and enjoys playing. And that's Russell. He's probably the worst of the three. Yeah. Harden at any moment will can literally like I quit, I quit. Simmons kind of quit, might have been hurt, but also doesn't need to shoot like the other two. They ended up on Simmons. I think Simmons is one hundred percent the answer because at least he's not addition by subtraction. He just doesn't play, and that's fine. He's just not going to play, and I can run. I can run five other guys out there. Yeah, Westbrook wants to play almost too bad. He's taking and- shots from somebody. <laughs> Harden at any moment just might do nothing. <laughs> you know, Ben's just yeah there, costing and- me money as the owner, but he's not hurting my team on the court because he doesn't play. Yeah. And if he does play, he doesn't need to shoot. Very good point. <laughs> Sometimes you want him to take a layup, though. <laughs> Does that draft not look as great drafting Harden and Westbrook? Does, or does Presley still get a lot of credit for that? You know, fifteen years later, I think it still looks. I think he gets a lot of credit for it. Yeah, you can't you can't judge people in their latter years. It was great for him, and then it was great for the next team, and great like it's been great for multiple people. Yeah, crazy careers. Why? Basketball careers tend to get the craziest because the NFL just ends. 
Like Frank Gore is kind of an anomaly. Most Frank Gores, their careers don't go that extra five years. Like Alex ends. Mack plays a whole season and then just walks away. Just done. Like JJ Watt. He's his, an outlier. His he I he, I'd even say probably he is too. Yeah. NBA careers like kind of I mean, like God. Do you remember those last three years of Carl Malone? You know, it's just like it's it's always that. The, baseball it's usually the one season. Like remember Willie Mays on the Mets? You know, it's just the one. But basketball it's like. Remember those last four years, Allen Iverson? Because like, yeah. they just last a little longer. Baseball would be like, hit 320, hit 317, 280, 280, 270, 250. Played in 17 games and hit, it was 0 for 87 and retired. Well, it's like Carmelo Anthony. Do you, got, do you remember his last four years? Played for the Blazers for two. Somehow ended up on the Lakers. And if you told me Carmelo Anthony like plays this year on the Magic, believable. Yeah. It's like, remember those last four years of Carmelo Anthony? Like, yeah, Carmelo had average 13. <laughs> yeah. That last year, it's like seven, and then it's on over. 20 shots. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, getting in the mailbag. Get in the next mailbag. We always appreciate your participation in that. Looking forward to game three of uh, Warriors Celtics as well. We'll be back with uh, live shows this week, and uh, we'll talk to you all later. Thanks. May the peace oh, be with you. And we're going to uh, Niners practice on Tuesday. So don't forget, Niners practice Tuesday. So I hope they try and have more attendance this time. Yes. <laughs> all right. Later, y'all. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.